Hey guys. I'm Noelle Moran. And I'm Lois Shaw. And this is In Service. Welcome back to our second episode. We're going to kick it off with a mini series. I don't actually know if it's going to be mini. A medium-sized series. I know what the Bible <laughs> says about teaching. Yeah, so we're just going to look through some different parts of the Bible that discuss what God says about teaching and just really think about what that looks like in our lives. I, I think we should touch base on our mission statement, which is empowering teachers towards gospel centricity. So what that really looks like is Lois and I just really want to be a space where we encourage other teachers and looking through what the Bible says about teaching, looking through the different aspects about teaching, and just thinking about encouragements that Christ gives us in the way that he builds us up to be empowered to teach other kids. Yes. Whether you feel like you've heard the gospel a hundred times or you have no idea what we're talking about, I think we should just recap on what the gospel is and why we want to be centric on it. So we believe that God created the world. He created us. He loves humanity, that we are broken, that we are in need of a savior. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life on our behalf and then to be the sacrifice for sin. Jesus gave himself up for us. um, And because he is fully God, that was a final sacrifice. Then he rose from the dead to defeat death and overcome the need for further sacrifice. Scripture says if we put our faith in him, that we will have eternal life with him, that we can receive the Holy Spirit now, which enriches, betters, fulfills, completes our lives on earth. What am I missing, Noel? And it is our call to live out the gospel and to create disciples. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Everything else is honestly a gesture out of faith, out of love, out of the rest that we get from Christ. But our works are not, do not save us. Amen. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How does Jesus dying for our sins, what does that have to do with teaching or how we live or how we're going to be centric on it? Well, I think that Jesus dying for our sins is the ultimate act of sacrifice. And because our calling is to live out the gospel and to point others to Christ and to make disciples, that comes into every single aspect of teaching. So as I said, the word opportunity so many times in our first <laughs> in our first episode, I really do mean it. It is as teachers, it is an incredible opportunity to to point them to Christ, to encourage them, to champion them. And so as we look through this series, what does the gospel say about teaching? As we go through more episodes, it's just thinking about how can we love like Christ? How can we interact like Christ to therefore point to the gospel and all that we do? Mm. Yeah. His sacrifice for us enables us to partner with him. Yeah. Okay. Well, scripture talks a lot about teaching <laughs> and teachers, um, but I do, I want to preface it with when, when it's talking about teachers and teaching, it's usually talking about how God is our teacher or Jesus, uh, the teacher, his disciples called him good teacher, or it's talking about teachers of the Bible. However, I believe it applies because yeah. scripture, while we need to read it completely in context, all of this applies because we want to, like you just said, we want to be like Christ. So if we are looking at what God is like as a teacher, that's things we want to emulate. And then 
if we are wanting to be teachers who are teaching who God is through our conduct or directly if you're in a private school and you can just be flat out about it, um, that we are teachers of scripture and who God is. Yeah. So today we really wanted to focus in on Exodus chapter four, really looking at verses 10 through 14, but just um, thinking about how God called Moses and how God called Moses to deliver the people out of Egypt and Moses felt really inadequate. And so in verse 10 through 14, it says, but Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth, who has made him mute or deaf or seeing or blind. Is it not I, the Lord now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. So really looking at those verses when the Lord calls Moses to do something and Moses kind of cries out and has a rebuttal. And he's like, Lord, I am not equipped to do this. I'm not eloquent. I'm not the person you should choose. I will not, I'm not the best for this job. Um, I know that is so relevant to teachers, but it really reminded me of my first year teaching. I had just moved to a new state, had just graduated college, and I'd been dreaming of this day. I'd been dreaming of my first year as a teacher, really kickstarting my career. And the day before my school year started, I was just praying, Lord, help me be what these kids need. I was teaching sixth grade at the time, and I was very excited, but I was also really scared and nervous. My biggest fear, or my biggest hope, was that I would make a positive impact on their life, and my biggest fear was that I would make a negative impact on their life, and I would cause them to stray from the gospel. And so I was just praying that the Lord would equip me to be whatever these kids needed. And the first day of teaching was chaotic, as you can assume, and a lot of nervous excitement, explaining directions, and just meeting these sixth graders. And I remember sitting on the floor of my apartment after my first day teaching and just being like, Lord, I am inadequate. I quickly, quickly, quickly realized my limitations, even in just that first day of, Lord, I am not on my own going to be all that I need for these kids. I need you. And I am not the most eloquent. I mean, even with this podcast, thinking through Lois and I had so many conversations thinking through like, are we good enough to talk about the gospel and talk about teaching? And are we equipped? And just knowing that the Lord is going before us and he is the one equipping us to share the gospel. It is not us on our own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, we, yeah, he's the one who qualifies us because of his work. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, totally to echo what you just said about who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? It's like, I, the Lord, like all of our strengths, even the things that we think we're doing, quote unquote, on our own and teaching, like absolutely everything about us that is positive is created by the Lord and belongs to him. And we are just vessels of those things. And I'm looking here at him saying, I will teach you what you shall speak. And thinking about how Moses goes on to be the one to teach these people God's commands and the whole law. So in order for him to teach, the Lord teaches him. And that importance of us 
being still in his presence, going to him, going to these holy moments like he's having here at the burning bush, entering into those spaces, the holiness of those spaces, letting the Lord teach us, letting the Lord sanctify us, because we can't reflect Christ. We can't live out of the power of the Holy Spirit if we don't know him or if we're not receptive to his teaching. No, that's so good. I think in order to be a gospel-centered teacher, you need to be in the word yourself. You need to constantly be learning, Mm -hmm. constantly be growing in your faith, letting the Lord use you, but also allowing the Lord to be central in your life. Mm, That's good. I'm also looking here at just the argument. (laughs) (laughs) Moses like literally says, please send someone else in verse 13. And Oh my gosh, that's so consistent in scripture. Every single time God calls someone, they're like, oh, please, no. Please do not use me. Not please me. send somebody else. Which is funny because even I feel like I say prayers like, Lord, use me. And then when it comes down to the moment of the work that God has for me, I consistently feel like, well, that is too much. Or, yes. but do you know me and my weaknesses? Surely there's someone holier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. So like we have an entire, we have the whole Bible showing us of when the Lord calls his people who feel unequipped, but he carries out his promises. Yeah. And yet, like you were saying, like there have been so many moments when I'll be like, ah, that feels above my skill set. Like mm-hmm. I am probably the last person you should be asking to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But just being able to hold your life with an open hand and be like, Lord, my number one purpose is to serve you. So I can do that in any capacity as long as I'm trusting in you and fully surrendering my life to you. It's funny how the Lord is like, I'm going to use you to free all of the slaves. And his argument is, I'm not eloquent. Like he assumes the method is going to be that he needs to be persuasive. Yeah. The Lord's like, okay, if you're worried about speaking, I will put somebody well, I'll else. I'll get you a surrogate speaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like the, that's also a beautiful thing. The fact that the Lord provides Aaron to speak on his behalf, I do think in all of our fields and all of all the things in life, every single time that the Lord calls us to do something for him, he is also going to provide people to stand in our gaps. I have so many kids that will come into my classroom and be like, I'm not good at English. Like, I hate this class because I'm bad at it. I don't like reading. Okay, then I'm going to figure out what you are good at and I'm going to champion you. It's like a game that I play with myself. How can I pull out all of these skills that my students have? Because they think Mm. that it's just coming in and doing one thing. They just have to like to read books. Mm. It's so much more than just, do you like to read? Do you like to write essays? Yeah, wow. You made a great point there about as much as we feel insecure as teachers, we need to remember the number of students in our classrooms who don't feel secure because the subject we teach is not an area they feel equipped for or confident. Mm-hmm. Are we emulating the Lord in the way the Lord is not like, oh yeah, good point. You're not eloquent. <laughs> like probably I'll choose someone else. The Lord's like, no, go and I will be with you. Like, how can we emulate that in the classroom as we are teaching? Like the students in my classroom who are in the choir room, who are amazing singers, it's not like I love them more than the students in my room who are like, I don't 
I can't read music. I can't harmonize. I I do not love my students for their skill set in my field. Amen. 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 But they are coming in with that fear. And how can we then emulate to our students, make sure we are effectively communicating? Like your value is not in your achievement in my classroom. Experiencing that on earth is going to help them understand that the Lord's love for them is not set in their achievement. Yeah, that's so good. I was thinking too, like Moses feels comfortable voicing his insecurities to God. So a couple of takeaways are that we should be voicing our insecurities to God. We should be having a conversation because his response is going to be, here's a solution. And probably the solution is going to be, I'm God (laughs) and I'm with you. (laughs) Um, the number of times that the answer to a problem is I'm God. It's so good. Job, Habakkuk, Micah, there's, it's always, but I'm God. And that's so I'm satisfying. God. And it's so satisfying. But also I, we like, we need to be the kind of teachers where students feel comfortable voicing their insecurities with us. Really creating that safe space for them to voice their opinions, uh, but then also understanding, and this is a battle for me every single day, that we are not going to solve all of their problems. We need to point them to Christ who yes. can and yes. that they're going to be okay even if all of their problems are not solved because they have Christ. Right. If you're in a private school, like take advantage of that. If you are in a setting where you can just flat out say the name of Jesus, do it often. Um, if you're not, if you're in a public school, there are so many ways to communicate the love of Christ, to point people to the character of God to teach people what God is like in conduct in um, bearing fruit of the spirit and being the light of the world and being different than other educators. And they will notice. Yeah. Let your character speak for you. All right. It's action step time. (laughs) My favorite thing possible. (laughs) So as we end each episode, we just want to think about what are one or two practical steps that we can be taking as teachers to really be applying the gospel. So as I read through this passage, one thing that stuck out to me was I had a professor in grad school who said, my job as a teacher is to catch my students in moments where they're shining and to replicate that process as many times possible in the classroom. And that really just stuck with me because I think it's, I mean, truly, it is so much easier to find your students doing the wrong thing and to capitalize on those moments. But Mm. we're trying to find moments where we can make them feel equipped and we can make them feel confident in who they are and the skill set that the Lord has given them. Mm. How can we as teachers be proactive in finding moments in which our students are shining and to really jump on those and to think, how can I be bringing those skill sets into my lessons and giving them moments to feel confident and to feel equipped and to feel strong in a subject that they may not love or may not have felt confident in before. I just had a thought as you were talking that we, we've just been talking a lot about the Lord as the teacher, but that means that we are his students and how beautiful to think that the Lord sees us the way that we see our students, that he wants to empower us, that he receives us as we are, that he meets us where we are. Like I know anyone who's a teacher, you're like, I just love my students. And yeah, that's <laughs> tender about the Lord loving us like that. That's not the action. That's not an action step. 
Okay. And another action step would be never stop being taught by the Lord. Be in the word before you get in the classroom, get in the word. Yeah. What we can learn from Moses is that the Lord taught him so that he could teach the people. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you feel empowered in the gospel and in the words of the greatest teacher. Go and make disciples.